0: Welcome back to one-on-one New York's longest running sports call-in show. I'm Sam Davis here with Jack Roach. Happy to be joined by Ben Lyons, sports and entertainment producer, reporter, broadcaster. He does it all. He's worked with ESPN, CBS Los Angeles, uh, Turner Sports, most recently on the Rich Eisen show on Peacock TV as a guest host. Ben, thank you very much for being with us. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing well. I appreciate you guys uh, having me on the show and I uh, look forward to talking about Obi Toppin's performance in the summer league. Let's do this. <laughs> well, if that's where you want to go
0: first, we can go there first with the Knicks. I mean, I noticed in your Instagram and your Twitter bios, you ha- you have them featured there prominently. So I- I'm sure you have some passionate opinions on them. I want to start with the offseason before we get into the summer league here. Of course, you got Kemba Walker and Evan Fournier coming along. Yet. Julius Randle re-signing, Derek Rose, all the others are back. What were your thoughts on the Knicks offseason and, and kind of what are the expectations going forward here for this Knicks?
1: Man, I'm still coming down from last season. My face hurts from smiling, as <laughs> Ben Etta says in Boiler Room, because nobody expected that last year. I had the privilege of watching a lot of the games sitting next to my dad and, and felt a real connection to a lot of these guys. And you see the heart and the effort. That's what they won on last year. Uh, it wasn't just pure talent. Um, and hopefully they build on that, man. But it's been a minute. You know, it's been from Kenny Walker to Bill Walker. Now we got Kemba Walker. Hopefully one of them is Luke Skywalker because they need a hero, <laughs> man, because it's been too long. And I just want one in my lifetime. You know, player development has not been a thing historically in New York. The last player they drafted that they re signed was Charlie Ward. It's ridiculous, who it was a Heisman Trophy winner, it wasn't even a point guard. <laughs> they haven't had a player that they drafted and said, you know what? He's getting better. Let's keep him here. They haven't done that since Charlie Ward. So to see Obi Toppin and Emmanuel quickly take a little bit of a leap in the summer league and and show their aggression and play well and and get better, uh, that's a big step for this team. So I'm excited. Still no expectations. Still playing with house money. Still don't know who R.J. Barrett's dentist is. phenomenal. It's phenomenal teeth. Great smile. He was finally (laughs) 21. He was born the day I graduated high school. So I think it's destiny with RJ Barrett. He's my favorite right now. So we'll see what happens, but I'm very much looking forward to the season. You mentioned Obi Toppin. I just want to give a quick shout out because
2: Fordham plays Dayton in basketball. I had the opportunity to see him uh, play up front. I went on the road, Um, but just your reactions to the summer league, you know, looking out for the rookies, Deuce McBride, Quentin Grimes, just what's your takeaway from the summer league and the future outlook on this team?
1: Well, first of all, summer league is a rite of passage for any basketball fan. If you have the privilege to get out to Vegas, please, please go. It's it's a it's an amazing time. Cause you do get to see these guys up close and you see them add wrinkles to their games, especially the second year guys who are coming in and trying to, you know, get better. So for Obi, it's about finding his spots where he's comfortable. There were times in the offense last year, he looked lost or he drifted to the three point line, but here, if you, you saw him rim run, you saw him, you know, get out in transition. You saw him find his spots in the half court. So I think it's for him, it's about just timing. And you saw some of that in play, but Man, I was out in Vegas when Kevin Knox was the summer league MVP and everybody thought he was the next dude. So let's all calm down and relax. Uh, it's a special place. The league's done an awesome job with giving fans access um, and, you know, going to an NBA game, as you guys know, it's expensive. You know, I joke, I say I have the Spike Lee seats, but it's the NYU, you know, film school Spike Lee seats because to go to a Nick game, even when they're 20 games under 500 still costs half of the rent. So to go to summer league and get a chance to see these guys and walk around the concourse and run into legends and WNBA stars. It's a really special basketball experience. And uh, I was happy to see the NBA bring it back this year.
0: So sticking kind of with the Knicks, or at least on that theme as well, uh, you know, I'm sure you a big Carmelo Anthony fan as well. So I had to ask about him also, of course, going to the Lakers. What are your thoughts on, on first of all the move and then how he's gonna gonna kind of fit into that that Lakers offense this coming kind
1: of season? Well, well, now that Carmelo is uh, is part of the Lakers, you know, I bleed purple and gold. I was there at the forum. I'm a diehard from Eddie Jones and Nick Van Exel, Cedric Sopalos, Elden Campbell, Sadel three, Michael Thompson. Like I bleed Lakers. Um, it's super surreal. I can't believe it's like, re- I really can't believe it's real. He, <laughs> he's playing alongside LeBron, which is a fantastic story. Last two guys still in the league from the 03 draft. These two star-crossed hoopers who met one fateful evening before a high school basketball tournament and sat on the steps for hours, just recognizing that greatness in each other. I love Carmelo so much. I've had to defend him ad nauseum to all my high school friends who are Nick fans and think his time here wasn't worth it. I'm on text message chains constantly pointing out stats. I feel like a full-on Carmelo historian at this point. (laughs) So this next chapter the wine newsletter on Mondays. What's in your glass. He's got the autobiography coming out this year. Maybe that's Maybe that's Keon calling me right now. Give me an update from Christ the King. I don't know. Uh, I'm just a huge fan. Like I, I love this dude. And I, and I hope he gets a real shot in Los Angeles. Well, let's stick with LA because the NBA Christmas
2: schedule just got announced and we've got games Nets versus Lakers. And then we've got the rematch of Knicks versus Hawks of those two games. Which one do you think is going to be more exciting?
1: nothing gets you in the christmas spirit nothing says happy holidays like a good old-fashioned new york city christmas and a garden chant of trey young trey young that's gonna be awesome that's gonna be great uh i think the knicks are back on christmas and that's the way it should be trent tucker quincy ac punching john wall uh so many gar- great garden memories losing by 30 to Oklahoma bring back the Knicks at the world's most famous. Um, I'm very excited for the Knicks uh, to be back on Christmas, but of course it's the 12 PM game, which don't forget on the West coast is breakfast. So everybody's out hiking and nobody's watching like matinee. that's the real games are Brooklyn and Los Angeles. And And that's going to be big time. I hope everybody's healthy. That's the thing. You know, we don't want to see Tyler Johnson versus Taylor Horton Tucker. Like we want to see Kevin Durant and Anthony Davis and Carmelo and all the guys. So I hope everybody's healthy. You just
0: mentioned health. And I want to jump off on that, especially with the Lakers and Nets. I mean, are they the favorites if they're healthy and kind of going off that as well? Is Can you expect like the big three to be fully healthy? Is that a reasonable expectation to have considering they really haven't played a whole lot together in Brooklyn?
1: No, it's season? not. It's not. Guys don't get healthier as they get older. I love those dudes. Everybody's rooting for them to be out there, but seven games last year and it was a weird season, obviously. So we'll see how they come back this year. But Kyrie's missed four out of the last six postseasons. Kyrie's missed a significant time throughout his career. And I love the dude. He's amazing when he's out there. But availability is a skill set in life. You guys are available today to do this interview. <laughs> I really appreciate it. No, seriously. So are you. Off. So are you. <laughs> yeah, if neither of, of all three of us aren't available, yeah. it doesn't happen. Yeah. And we don't celebrate availability in life or in the NBA like we do shooting and rebounding and ball handling. RJ Barrett played all 72 games last year. Like Jokic played all 72 last year. That's why he was the MVP. I think you have to be in the lineup. You In life, you got to be there. So the idea of them together is amazing. And the moments we see it, there's, the team couldn't get out of the second round last year. See what Patty Mills does outside of San Antonio. Blake Griffin's a year older. Um, they're really high on, uh, on on this dude who's his Claxon at center. Like They're really high on this dude. You know They let Jared Allen go. They're not getting a lot out of, out of DeAndre Jordan. Joe Harris didn't make big shots. Is Steve Nash the right coach for them? There's a lot of questions in Brooklyn. It's not a layup and a foregone conclusion that they're going to get back there. I mean, you know, or even get there to the NBA finals. You mentioned R.J. Barrett and, you know, his dentist. Are you, are you guys agree with me on this?
0: He's a phenomenal smile. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because that's something that people need to pay more attention to, I think.
1: Yo, who are these NBA dentists? <laughs> you live in L.A. and you're China and you move from New York and you're looking for a new family dentist. Every dentist tells you they were the dentist for Showtime. They're like, oh, I was Byron Scott's dentist, or I like did James Worthy's wisdom teeth, like. And you're like, I don't know if that means I should give you my business, but that's cool. (laughs) I feel like the NBA dentists now are crushing. Like these guys have phenomenal smiles. Next time we have credentials for a Knicks game, that'll be the first question we ask. Yo, what's your daily? What's your daily teeth routine, RJ? Are you flossing, or we're kind of using Toms? Like no fluoride, right? I don't know. I, I I don't have the answers. I wish I did. When you get this credential, you find out for us. These are the things that I think <laughs> about when I'm watching NBA basketball. Well, R.J. Barrett, you know, and his perfect smile was a big reason
2: why the Knicks won 41 games last year. Finished fourth place in the Eastern Conference. Um, and I think that was a bit of an overperformance to, to some people. Now we've seen them, you know, make the playoffs. What are kind of those expectations for the team this year? And
1: can they build on that? I feel like there's two conversations that happen around the New York Knicks. There's the national media one, the hype, the crazy Stephen A screaming conversation. And then there's self-loathing New York Knicks fans who have seen this movie before and understand that a seven seed and a first round knockout is probably in the cards. But guess what? It's been so bad for so long. Lou Amundsen, Travis Ware, Shandon Anderson, Michael Doliak, Clarence Weatherspoon, Mike Sweetney. Like this is this is terrible history of basketball the last 20 years. So just the fact that they're in the mix, I think, is awesome. I would love to see them be uh, back in the playoffs. I'd love to see them win a playoff series. That's a great goal to have. If they come up short of that, will I be surprised? Of course not. Will I be disappointed? Sure. But let's take baby steps. Show up in the playoffs. Be healthy in the playoffs. That would be that would be fantastic. So I'm nervous though. Brooklyn, uh, Miami's going to be better. Uh, you've got uh, Boston, of course. You've got uh, Milwaukee returning as a champion. Charlotte and Lamelo getting better. You got Atlanta, of course. So we'll see. But I'm just happy that they're part of the NBA again because. When when you've been a fan the last couple of years and they're just 30 games under 500 in January, it's just, what are we doing here?
0: Well, I want to switch over to baseball here for a minute. We've got two teams in New York that are trending in opposite directions to say the least. You have the New York Yankees playing a lot better baseball, riding kind of that momentum, maybe from the trade deadline while the Mets are plummeting and plummeting fast. So looking ahead to the playoffs for those teams, uh, maybe I'll start with the Yankees and then give me uh, your thoughts on the Mets too. But, Where do the Yankees fall? Uh, Are they a wild card team? Do they jump ahead and go forward towards the division? There certainly seemed like they could. And then the Mets on the other side, do they still have a chance in that division at all?
1: That fateful night in the Bronx where it was raining against the, against the Red Sox, not this past series, but almost a month ago now where Verdugo got hit in the back with the ball. Mm -hmm. That night was so ominous and weird and the game shouldn't have continued. And it was just nuts. The Yankees ended up winning that game. And I said to my dad, I was like, I think your season just ended. I think he's like, what are you talking about? We're up like 10 games. And since that moment, those two teams have just totally flip-flopped and to see Giancarlo Stanton healthy and, 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 and having success in timely moments, this kid, Luis Gill is just insane and they're riding high right now. They figured it out. They stuck it out. It was, it was not looking good there for them. So I expect them to continue right now and, and go on a run to the postseason. The Mets are a mess and I, I love when Met fans have that little false sense of hope because I feel a kindred spirit as a Nick fan. You know, it takes me back to the That's market. what the Mets give. They give a little slight chance of hope. Slight right? chance.
0: When they, when
1: they were trying to come back up, like after the Dwight Good and Daryl Strawberry like era, and they tried to sell Met fans on Bobby Bonilla and Brett Saberhagen and Vince Coleman, and it was a disaster. And it reminds me of that. And uh, you know, there's something I love about that that Met fan who who keeps pushing the boulder up the hill. And I don't think, you know, with the Groms like health and everything, like I don't think. Uh, they're going to they're gonna be able to, to really figure it out and write the ship and do anything meaningful this year.
2: We heard you speak about the Field of Dreams Yankees White Sox game as a guest host of the Rich Eisen show. How much of a hit was that for Major League Baseball? And just what was that experience like for you, you know, hosting that show?
1: Man, I appreciate it. thanks for thanks for listening. and And as far as the game goes, I thought it was a huge win for Major League Baseball. I don't know why Rich's producer, Chris Brockman was so against it. Uh, mm-hmm. It was the biggest television audience for a regular season game in ten years. And I think baseball and the conversation around bringing young people into the game, modernizing the game, they gotta lean into that nostalgia. That's what makes it dope. Like and if young people can wrap their arms around that, and connect with the previous generation and share that feeling of that sort of Norman Rockwell Americana. That's what baseball has. Lean into that in a way that still celebrates the town of today. To see the walk-offs, to see Judge Goyard, to see the stars shine on that stage. It worked out, man. It played into the magic of baseball. They didn't get a stinker. And uh, I hope other sports follow suit. I'd love to see an NBA game at the Rucker or at the Drew League at Hoops in the Sun. I'd love to see an NFL game at a, on an army base or at a Friday Night Lights high school, you know, down in Texas or something. Um, so I, I think it was awesome. And as far as the Eisenhower show goes, I mean, guys, it's like I won a contest. <laughs> like, oh, did you, you want to have like a giant starship enterprise of a set and have a whole team to make you sound smart? And what a fun time with the sports calendar with the Olympics and the NBA finals. I always, I always equate where I was in my life with that NBA finals. I, I can think of who I was with, who I was dating, what I was working on, where I was listening or watching. And so this Buck Sun series will always have a special place in my heart because I got to come in and hang out with those guys every day and, and talk about how Bobby Portis is an NBA champion now. So I, uh, I really enjoy that time. And Rich is somebody we can all learn from in this hustle. You know, he's a guy who does it with kindness and compassion. Michigan man, big, big football guy, family guy, and couldn't have been nicer and more supportive to the point where I was like, really? You sure? I can go on your show and just scream about Carmelo Anthony all day? Like... Okay, I'm gonna do that. So uh, he was awesome. Yeah, it was really, it was really fun. Here with Ben Lyons, sports
0: producer and reporter for CBS LA and ESPN. Uh, I want to look at the NFL briefly here uh, with the Giants and their improved receiving core. And now the the narrative around them has been it's time for Daniel Jones to really prove himself, and it's, this is the year for him to take a step up. Do you see it that way, and how do you kind of see the Giants fitting into the NFC East?
1: You know, it's wide open and it's go time for these young quarterbacks. You know, the days of stashing guys for a few years, I think, are over. Maybe a stashing guy for a year, like a Pat Mahomes situation. They're talking about that maybe even with Trevor Lawrence after the tough outing. I saw Keyshawn asking for that the other day, but no, it's go time for Daniel Jones. And the NFC East is wide open. They brought in weapons. Uh, You can turn it around super fast in the NFL. You get Saquon back healthy. Uh, there's, there's no reason for that team not to compete in, in that sorry, division. you know, I'm a Rams guy now out in LA and you bring in Stafford and prove the offense and you already have Aaron Donald and Ramsey in that incredible defense. And you're maybe the third team in the division behind Seattle and, 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 you know, and, in San Francisco. So I think the NFC East is wide open giant fans you know, they've got that old kind of traditional thing going for them and, and the legacy. And and we know that they don't have that like scummy edge to them that you see in other fan bases for a long time. I was a diehard Eagles fan and went to some games down there at the vet and at the link that were terrifying. It truly felt like I was on the set of Mad Max. (laughs) Not fun. I don't like that energy at sporting events. As a Rams guy, I hated seeing that video the other night of the Rams and chargers fans fighting like that. Our preseason is ridiculous. You able to go to a football game with your family and not get knocked in the teeth. <laughs> and the giant energy doesn't seem to have that. Like when I tap into it and my friends who are giant fans. So uh, I don't know. I think they're going to, I think they're definitely going to compete. And it is go time for, for Daniel Jones, for sure. Let's, let's get him, let's get them on the clock. Why not? You briefly mentioned Seattle. And for some
2: reason, I just can't separate Jamal Adams from, from New York sports. How should Jets fans react to this four year seventy million contract? He's the highest-paid safety in the history of the game.
1: Look, there's a natural connection between Seattle and the Jets. Think of Pete Carroll, Now I think Jamal Adams. It's like me with Melo. You got to root for him, man. He got he got his bag, and he's going to get a chance to compete with Russell Wilson leading that team. I think I think it's it's hard in sports, but you got to root for him in the game of life, and uh, it provides an opportunity. You know, for the next man up to ingratiate himself into your hearts, you know, what, from Rivas Island to Jamal Adams. And now whoever the next dude is up for the Jets, you guys, will, you guys will make that connection. But I feel like that's sports and it's something you realize you get older. And it's also why you appreciate these guys who do play for the same team for so long and do have that connection. When you see Troy Palomalu go in with the Steelers you know, it's a reminder that that's special. It doesn't happen in sports all the time. So I think he's going to, he's going to have a lot of success out there with Bobby Wagner, who I love. And and uh, that's always a place I've wanted to see a game. I've never had the privilege of being a 12th man, but that, that that'll be a lot of fun out there. If you get a game that doesn't rain, but shouts out to Jamal Adams for getting paid.
0: Speaking of, of, of the Jets here, I mean, With Zach Wilson, we've briefly seen, of course, very briefly, uh, what he's going to be as a Jet going forward. But I just wanted to get your impressions on him, what you kind of expect from him in year one here, obviously early for him. And you can't expect too much with the way the Jets are right now. But what do you expect from Zach Wilson?
1: Bro, you look older than Zach Wilson.
0: (laughs) That says a lot because I
1: don't really look old anyway. So
0: that, that if
1: you if the two of you were walking into a bar and I was a bouncer, I'd ask for his ID. Okay. So <laughs> I don't know what to expect with that kid. I don't know what's going on with the line. I think it's fun. My wife's from Utah, so I pay attention to BYU a little bit. So I've seen him play. And who knows with the jets i mean i don't know why they bailed on darnold right away maybe it's contract stuff but i thought darnold was 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 getting better despite all the stuff around him and i think he has a chance in carolina so i don't know man rooting for the jets they have a special place in my heart but i mean the the guy looks like he's on the set of a harry potter movie like i don't know <laughs> I don't know if he's into Quidditch or what he's studying at, at Hogwarts, what sorting house he's in, if he's friends with Draco, but he looks like a child. It's ridiculous. Do you think we're on track to get like a Sam Darnold 2.0? I mean, what would suck for Sam was the thing, right? Whack for Zach? Like, what's, what's the next one? I mean, let's let's give some time and let him develop and put some stuff around him. I don't know, man. Let's I just hope he doesn't get his head knocked off. He's a very hunky man. He's got great cheekbones. Like we got to protect that that angel, you know, know. fashion weeks coming up like men's fashion week. Like let that angel walk on the runways of Paris. Don't let him get laid out by the Patriots. Ben, I got one more here before you get before you get out of here.
0: So in your career, of course, you've had- helpful of-
1: for you guys? This is like what you expected this would be? Is this good? Oh, of
0: course. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's what we've expected and even more, especially the teeth conversation. That's going to go, that's the most important. But anyway,
1: one I more- I know braces. RJ, de- I know he had braces at an early stage, <laughs> which is probably the move as opposed to- a re- But like, look at Jalen Rose. You know, Jalen got drafted and he got his teeth right in the NBA. So I think RJ has been on a great like orthodontist tip for like a long time. Well,
0: we, you know, you of course have the, the, the history and and, uh, working in sports and in that industry as well, but you've also worked in entertainment plenty as well. Of course, Good Morning America, you worked for E and Extra. uh,
1: Your Google works. works. That's awesome.
0: Yes. Yeah. And I just wanted to, to ask you, so what kind of skills transfer or what skills do you take from the sports to entertainment or maybe even vice versa? And, kind of navigating both of those different uh, parts of the industry.
1: I think oftentimes people can think that Hollywood folks have it all easy. They got people catering to them. They live this lavish lifestyle. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of grind. Same way it is for professional athlete. You see the, 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 the hours of dedication firsthand. I remember being with Miles Teller for the weeks leading up to whiplash for him to shoot it. And his hands on the golf course were all cut up. From just constantly training to to get the 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 drumming right, that's the kind of stuff you don't see, you know, behind the scenes often in Hollywood. And it's a reminder that sports that there's a connection there with that that focus and that intention and that dedication to the craft that that both athletes and actors I think share. And also the on on the flip side of it, as talented and hardworking as they are just regular human beings. Athletes often are kids who who are so young when they're having so much success and so much pressure. We joke about Zach Wilson, but he's 22 years old or whatever, you know? And the same thing in Hollywood. I remember interviewing Kristen Stewart at a very young age and she was very overwhelmed by a lot of the attention she received, which is understandable. She's an artist and an actress and a creator and to go on talk shows and to walk red carpets, its a whole other thing. And so we have to be mindful of that as well. And, uh, and yeah, there are parallels between the excitement of a Sundance screening or a big NBA all-star event. You see the business collide with the, the art or the commerce. Um, you see how corporate America supports art and, and at times can stifle it. Same with sports as well. A lot of, a lot of Super Bowl stuff or, you know, the NCAA tournament is fueled, of course, by corporate America. So you connect the dots and follow the money there. But at the end of the day, it's people pursuing their passions and things that they have an incredible gift for and a passion for that they can share with the world. And if I can play a small part in amplifying that, that gift through, through my platforms or my coverage or storytelling, then, then I feel like that's my, my spot and my role in the whole hustle. Ben Lyons, sports and entertainment reporter and producer,
0: CBS, Los Angeles, ESPN. Good morning, America, and more. Ben, thank you very much for taking the
1: time to be with us. It was it was great talking with you. I appreciate you guys, and I look forward to losing out on many, many jobs to you both in the future. <laughs> We're going to be
0: right back with more one-on-one New York's longest running sports call-in show. Stay with us.